ghost note is a note that's played, but goes unnoticed. Like so much of the work that goes into music before it hits our eardrums. I'm Hannah Copeland. Join me for unpredictable interviews about the formative moments that drive music makers. This is Ghost Notes from the Fountain City Frequency Podcast Network. Jared White are the songwriters and front people of the band Yes You Are. They're both here with me today on Ghost Notes. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Kiana, when you were a kid, did the music that your family listened to influence your your taste today? Oh yeah, I think I think that's just a given for anyone. I think that's something you can't even control. You know what I mean? Like what kind of music was I it? I was gonna say like everything from my mom was very into pop, like just top forty. And man, what a decade for pop music the eighties was. You know, so I definitely and I still love that music as well. But yeah, I think I really and I think pop music now it's like kind of hit or miss. Some of it's really great. And some parts of it are really great, you know, so I think I've come around to understand, yeah, pop music again. Would you want to be on the top 40? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, definitely that's part of our vision is to, um, you know, we just want to make really good music and and have something good. I mean, we really want to make the best music that we can. We want to recreate the top 40 in our own image. So you were, um, your first band at... You were the lead uh, singer and bassist in Tilly in the Wall, which is an indie rock band. Yeah. Do you feel like you're coming around, like you grew up with top 40 pop music and now you're doing this like boomerang back to yeah. pop style? Do you feel like that? In a way, yeah. I've never thought about that, but but in a way that makes a lot of sense, you know, because I think, you know, kids tend to rebel against what's normal. I, I don't have any recollection of doing that on purpose, but I feel like that's just like a natural thing, you know? I mean, I've always liked pop music, but I did sort of fall away from that orbit a little bit, you know, and got really into like the obscure things that I was into. I can't have you, I know, I don't want no one else. If I can't have you before the dance is through, Kiana, you were the lead singer and bassist of Tilly and the Wall. Um, I've been looking at tons of photos from that time, and your appearance has just completely changed um, your style. So this is a radio interview. Can you describe for me what you look like in Tilly and the Wall and what you are now for Yes You Are? I would say Tilly and the Wall style would be easily described as like 
rainbow bright. Um, I had like lavender, silver hair. And I know people do that all the time now, but back then it was not easy to do. Like nobody knew how to get a mm-hmm. person with black hair to mm-hmm. have a per- like white hair. Even though it's very different, like I look very different now, that look then was different from about 30 other people I was before that. So that's just something that's, I don't know, Jared's always saying like, you're Gemini, that's just what you do. Like, I guess I just, I guess I just change, but. Uh, yeah, do you change your appearance for the projects you're working on? Um, Not, I've never done that, like consciously, but it, I have noticed that like looking back again, like in hindsight, things seem to reflect like where I'm at. So yeah, back then it was a very carefree, I was very rainbows and sparkles, mm-hmm. and I had hobo blue. on acid. Hobo on acid. Yeah, <laughs> somebody call it. That's, that's one of my favorite descriptions of myself. What about now? What, what's your um, style now? Well, now I mean, my hair is just its natural color, which is, happens to be very dark, like black. And sports switch. Yeah, sports switch is a pretty good <laughs> today. Sports switch, Chicano sports switch. Probably sum it up. Jared, is style, fashion <laughs> important to you at all? It's so important. <laughs> I can't. I have to just kind of wear. I have to keep it real simple. Yeah. I think. What's uh, your band photos? Most everybody's wearing black. It seem. It does seem organized. Oh yeah, we wear black for now. Yeah. Well, it definitely worked out in the end because we chose black. We just said that's the easiest. You know, that'll be easiest for everybody to find and to to have like already on hand. And, and then, I like the idea of like a work uniform. Yeah. You know, like. Showing up and doing your job, wearing the, letting people know that you are um, on the clock. Do you think there's some shame in just admitting that, like, we have, an, we have a calculated image, we have a calculated sound? I think even the word calculated, sorry, I don't mean to butt in. I think even the word calculated is looked down on. Why? I don't know. People want to just pretend like everything just, just happened. Woke up like this. Woke up like this. The hashtag. No, you did not. I know Keith Richards. Quote. Keith Richards does. Probably. Some people do. He used Some to, people. I think. But you know. It, yeah, well, I I agree with you that people don't want to admit that that they're that they're calculated in their marketing and their band, hmm. but they really are. And I feel like you guys, you are. You're you're trying to build yourself. You just said that you would be okay with being a. T- you're like want to be a top forty band. Um, but I feel like, especially coming from an indie background, indie people are just kind of modest, like, oh, we're just a bunch of friends playing guitar, you know? Like, you don't want to be that anymore, correct? Well, right. And when I say top 40 band, I mean, we wouldn't uh, sacrifice anything artistically. I'm saying, like, yeah, in a perfect world, sure, sure. we'd be a top 40 band. Well, in a perfect <laughs> world, there'd just be, you know, quality music would be on the radio that's available to the most people. That's and obviously not, an yeah, ideal. And it's, but. it's whatever. I, I think... You know, pop put, but, like, put ourselves the in any kind Stones of box. Rolling Stones were a top forty band. Like, yeah. what's wrong with that? Like, what? Where did that That's stop being cool? It <laughs> like, used to be like what people, even the the record store music snob agreed was the best. A lot of times, was also the most commercially commercially successful.
So how did you two actually meet, Jared? Um, Facebook. A mutual friend had posted something about uh, an article about Jesus being an alien or something, and I... I, We're going to get to Jesus later, actually. (laughs) We We started talking... We just started talking there, and um, and then yeah, I looked her up and found out she was way down the line in terms of uh, success in music. So I pretended like I didn't know who she was <laughs> for a while, and uh, just kind of after we had already formed a nice bond, I was like, oh, you know, actually, I actually play music myself. So you were uh, afraid. To, no, to admit, I like, just didn't want her to think I was trying to get ahead in like my career or something. Like, a, you know, that's interesting. So that's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long were you guys talking as, as friends? Probably uh, a couple of months, maybe a few yeah. months until yeah. we, until like the subject of like collaborating infrequently but this whole time jared you you wanted to talk about music you were just trying Mm, to build a friendship first well no we just didn't uh, get to the we didn't talk very frequently until until music was kind of talked about Mm. like so (laughs) but uh yeah and then she was she was writing to me about some experiences or something and then i just like took the words she was writing to me and i made a demo a song and uh, of a song, I sent it back to her, just kind of surprised her, and very much, uh, just out of the blue, he's like, "Hey, like you know, some of those uh, right. lyrics you sent me, I, I just made this demo, and it's like still, it's like one of the songs, one of my favorite songs that we have." And what's the demo? It's called uh, "Sister Son." Yeah, it's a song we play now live. Okay, can um, you get us a copy of that original demo? Yeah, we just did here. Uh, we did. The original yeah. one where he sent it to me. That yeah. would be great. Yeah, 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 we do have that. Every sister, every son, every wish for, everyone sing Yeah, you told the Kansas City Star in an interview that um, you came from an indie background, but in, quote, the most humble way, you said you wanted to break away from that. Um, what to you, what sounds make something indie? Uh, well, just there's a low fidelity, you know, to it, which I think nowadays, like back then, that's just like you're literally recording on a four track. A low fidelity of the production of quality? the sound and the production and everything. So okay. it's it's actually like more of an amateurism, I think is what I was referring to, probably, is that, um, you know, there's... Low fidelity attitude, man. <laughs> there is a charm. There is a charm to amateurism that, that, like, our band, that's, I think, what drew people to us. I think that's what people... I don't think they knew that's what they liked, but I think that's what they liked. And looking back, when you see, like, all the bands that I liked growing up, like, uh, K Records was, like, my favorite record label. And everything just kind of sounded like people just accidentally, like, like, nobody's voice was perfect. Nobody played amazing, you know, 
guitar solos or anything. It was just always kind of like this amateur thing going on. And uh, it is charming. And it's still charming. Like, when that happens, I still love that when I hear other people. But if I were still as bad at music as I was 15 years ago, that would be a problem, I think. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it was more like I don't want to purposefully dip my foot back in, like, backwards. To me, it just seemed like that's a natural evolution for me to, um, like, not step away from it because I don't like it, but to s- step into another another world that's more what's important stepping into a different place and you said you wanted to be break away from it in the most humble way possible is there you know why why do you have to be humble about it i guess just you know like you said like i just don't want all their friends well i just don't offend anybody (laughs) well no i mean and some people are still doing that some people like that's their bread and butter like you know what I, i am a very changing person like I'm always changing and I know people that still listen to the same thing they listened to 20 years ago and they and I really think there's something to that personality wise you know what I'm saying so I just wanted to make sure that people know that there's nothing wrong with that it's just from my path I I am clearly like divert like you know going on a different path do you think that's necessary for you to to step into a different yeah just to be always is changing um I think it's really good for people in general to to try new things and to evolve. Um, and for me, I I don't know. I don't know really good or bad. I just know that I do what I yeah that I have to do. I, I just get that way. Like I am a Probably severe, a severe <laughs> intense person. I have to change. Yeah, I just I do what I need to do. Like I always have. I had to leave. To meet a friend Feels like I'm back But I don't know where I've been World without end World without end World In a world without end in HGX, you give allusions to your relationship with uh, the church. Um, so HGX is not, I mean, religion. And then there's also in On a World Without End, you sing about heads bowing to pray. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of religious references just to go off of two songs. So what is both of your relationships with faith or religion? Well, I think those two things are very different. Okay. Tell me more. <laughs> um, religion, not so much. Not at all in my uh, my life. Faith, I think you have to have some kind of faith. There are lots of ways to take like if you can if you can believe in something you can't see. For me, that means like right now we have big. You could visions. drive to California on faith, like I believe yeah. it's there. California's there. We know that we can't <laughs> see it, but we get in the car and we go there, and then it it appears. You know, so if you can if you can think that way about like your visions and your dreams, like that's what they say about people with vision. It's like mm-hmm. we have a vision which is literally like a dream in our mind that isn't real yet. But like, I love thinking about walking out in Madison Square Garden. That's faith. Mm. That's faith. Like, to me, that is extremely important. So who writes most, who writes lyrics for your, for your music? I would say Jared primarily We both do. Does. I might write more than... We work in a really, like, a truly collaborative way where, like we call it 
dust, but it's like fairy dust almost is like somehow that I don't know how, how that caught on somehow years ago where I was like, I've got a bunch of new fairy dust lines because fairies rhyme, you know, so that's what I would call these little like poems or whatever. So we have just like just dumps of like compiled dust, right? Fairy dust. Yeah, that uh, that like Jared will just lines and lines and lines and lines. And then the interesting thing kind of happens when like I'll start a song and I'll just pull up like some like, you know, uh, vault of, of those lines and then I'll just pick them apart and put them together however I want. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, and there's something about the subconscious method of that that uh, I think there's a knowing that goes beyond what we believe that we know and they go together and that's all there is to it and I know that. And there's another faith-based thing like that's important. It comes into play a lot. Again, in another way we're like, we're guided like and that's weird. Like, what is this mystery? It's like these, we're just trying to tell a story as all this time, really. You are here and I cannot tell you why. That was vocalist Kiana Allered and guitarist and songwriter Jared White of the Kansas City band Yes You Are. The other members of the band include Jacob Temeyer on guitar and keyboards, Willie Jordan on bass, and Joseph Wilner on drums. This episode of Ghost Notes was made in collaboration with KCUR 89.3. We're releasing episodes throughout the summer that pair with live performance videos of our Ghost Notes guests at KCUR 89.3. The series is called Something to Watch and you can watch the video of Yes You Are and our future Something to Watch guests on KCUR's Facebook page and YouTube page. And you can listen to bite-sized versions of our Something to Watch episodes live on KCUR 893's Central Standard at about 10.45 in the morning on the day we release the show. You can see Yes You Are perform live on July 29th outside at the Riot Room. Ghost Notes is produced by Matt Hodap. Our theme music was composed by Jamie Searle. Matt Sullivan runs our website. I'm Hannah Copeland. You can reach me about anything involving Ghost Notes or anything at ghostnotespodcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, Fountain City Frequency. Next week, it's your friend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.